Section. Introduction. We're diving into the world of distributed model training, a hot topic in the deep learning community. As models become larger and more complex, we need a lot of GPUs working together in different ways to train them. There are several techniques for doing this, but one of the simplest and most common is data parallelism, DP. This works well for smaller models, but when models get too big for a single GPU, we need to use model parallelism. There are two main types of model parallelism, tensor parallelism, TP, and pipeline parallelism, PP. TP divides the matrix multiplication in one layer across several devices, while PP splits the entire model into different stages that can be processed on different devices. Zero is another approach that distributes parameters across devices while keeping the simplicity of DP. To get the best performance when training large models, we need to cleverly combine DP, TP, and PP. If we have a lot of resources for interconnection, like NVLink between GPUs within one compute node, a mix of DP, TP, and Zero works well. But if we're working across servers, especially with thousands of GPUs, PP is particularly useful. Our main goal is to make PP more efficient. One of the challenges with PP is that devices often have to wait idle, or bubble, because of dependencies between layers. An early solution to this was G-Pipe, which tried to reduce these bubbles by increasing the number of batches in the pipeline. But this led to higher memory demands. G-Pipe tried to solve this by discarding some of the intermediate activations and recomputing them during the backward pass, but this added about 20% more computation. Other approaches have tried to improve on G-Pipe by using asynchronous PP, which theoretically has no bubbles and improves pipeline efficiency. However, this comes at the cost of exact optimization semantics. There have also been improvements in synchronous settings. One notable strategy is one forward one backward, one F1B, which schedules the backward passes early to clear memory faster. With the same number of microbatches, it has similar bubble ratios but uses less peak memory. Despite these efforts, bubbles are still a big problem for PP under synchronous training semantics. We believe that we can further optimize PP by representing and scheduling the computation graph at a finer level. Traditional deep learning frameworks are designed at the layer level, but modern deep learning compilers use different intermediate representations for optimizations at various levels. In traditional neural networks, each layer has two functions, forward and backward. In the forward pass, the input is transformed into the output with a parameterized mapping. The backward pass, which is crucial for training, involves two computations, computing the gradient with respect to the input and the layer's parameters. In DP, it's convenient to group these two computations and provide them as a single backward function. But in PP, this design increases the sequentially dependent computations, which can hurt the efficiency of the pipeline. We propose new pipeline schedules based on splitting these computations, which greatly improve pipeline efficiency. In the rest of this paper, we'll introduce schedules based on the assumption that the execution times of the forward and backward functions are identical. Then we'll remove this assumption and propose an automatic scheduling algorithm that works under more realistic conditions. We'll also detail a method that avoids the need for synchronization during the optimizer step, while preserving synchronous training semantics.
We'll evaluate our methods against baseline methods under diverse settings and propose a novel scheduling mechanism to further reduce the memory requirements to achieve zero bubbles. We're not trying to explore general mixed strategies for large-scale distributed training. Instead, we're specifically aiming to improve the efficiency of pipeline scheduling. Our method can be used alongside DP, TP, and zero strategies, and can replace the PP part in large-scale training. Section Summary The introduction discusses the importance of distributed model training in deep learning, particularly for large models. It explains the concepts of data parallelism, DP, tensor parallelism, TP, pipeline parallelism, PP, and zero. The section also highlights the challenges of pipeline parallelism, such as pipeline bubbles, and mentions previous approaches like G-pipe and asynchronous PP. The authors propose a finer granularity for representing and scheduling the computation graph in PP, and outline the structure of the rest of the paper, which includes handcrafted schedules, an automatic scheduling algorithm, achieving zero bubble, and memory reduction techniques. Section. Handcrafted pipeline schedules. We've observed that by dividing the backward pass into two parts, B and W, we can reduce the sequential dependency and improve efficiency. This observation led us to redesign the pipeline, starting from the commonly used 1F1B schedule. In the 1F1B schedule, we start with a warm-up phase where workers perform varying numbers of forward passes. Each stage typically performs one more forward pass than the stage that follows it. After the warm-up phase, each worker transitions to a steady state where they alternate between one forward pass and one backward pass. This ensures an even distribution of workload among stages. In the final phase, each worker processes the backward passes for the remaining micro-batches, completing the batch. In our improved version, we split the backward pass into B and W passes. It's important that the forward pass, F, and the first part of the backward pass, B, from the same micro-batch remain sequentially dependent across pipeline stages. However, the second part of the backward pass, W, can be scheduled flexibly after the corresponding B of the same stage. This allows us to strategically place W to fill the pipeline gaps. We've come up with two new schedules that improve upon 1F1B, each offering a different balance between the size of the pipeline gaps and the memory footprint. The first schedule, which we call ZBH1, ensures that the maximum memory usage across all workers doesn't exceed that of 1F1B. ZBH1 generally follows the 1F1B schedule, but it adjusts the starting points of W depending on the number of warm-up microbatches. This ensures all workers maintain the same number of in-flight microbatches. As a result, the size of the pipeline gaps is reduced to a third of 1F1B's size. This reduction is because B is initiated earlier across all workers compared to 1F1B, and the tail-end gaps are filled by the later starting W passes. The second schedule, which we call ZBH2, allows for a larger memory footprint than 1F1B and can achieve a zero-gap schedule when there are enough micro-batches. In ZBH2, we introduce more forward passes during the warm-up phase to fill the gap before the initial B. We also reorder the W passes at the end, which changes the layout from a trapezoid into a parallelogram, eliminating all the gaps in the pipeline. 
We've also conducted quantitative analyses using the transformer architecture, using a typical setting similar to GPT-3. We denote the number of stages as P, and the size of each microbatch as B. The number of attention heads is denoted as A, the sequence length as S, and the hidden dimension size as H. We use the notations M underscore B, M underscore W, to represent the memory required to store activations for one B, W pass, and T underscore F, T underscore B, T underscore W, to represent the running time for one F, B, W pass. We found that the running time for W is less than that for F, which in turn is less than that for B, and that the sum of the running times for B and W is twice that for F. We also found that the memory required by W is less than that required by B for the ZBH1 schedule. The memory required by worker, I, is, PI plus 1, M underscore B plus, I1, M underscore W, and for the ZBH2 schedule, it's, 2P2I plus 1, M underscore B plus, 2I2, M underscore W. Therefore, the peak memory is, PM underscore B, for ZBH1 and 2P1M underscore B for ZBH2. Section summary. The authors propose a redesign of the pipeline schedule by splitting the backward pass into B and W passes, allowing for flexible scheduling of W to fill pipeline bubbles. They introduce two handcrafted schedules, ZBH1 and ZBH2, which reduce bubble size and achieve a zero bubble schedule, respectively. The schedules are quantitatively analyzed in terms of memory usage and bubble size, showing that the peak activation's memory is reduced in both schedules compared to the 1F1B schedule. Section. Automatic Pipeline Scheduling. We're going to discuss automatic pipeline scheduling. While manually created schedules are simple and easy to understand, they often face problems in real-world applications. For instance, if we assume that the forward pass time, backward pass time, and wait update time are all equal, this can lead to unwanted gaps, especially in models where these times differ significantly. Additionally, the time needed to transfer data between stages, which we'll call the communication time, is often overlooked in these schedules, resulting in noticeable delays. Lastly, Trying to minimize these gaps while staying within memory limits can be particularly challenging when there isn't enough memory to accommodate enough microbatches for a gap-free schedule. To tackle these issues and ensure our approach works in practical scenarios, we propose algorithms that automatically find the best schedule given the number of pipeline stages, the number of microbatches, the memory limit for activations, and the estimated times for the forward pass, backward pass, wait update, and communication. We've designed a strategy that always generates an optimal or near-optimal solution, especially when the number of microbatches is large. We also frame the problem as integer linear programming, which can be solved using a standard ILP solver when the problem is small enough. These two methods can be used together. First, use the heuristic solution as a starting point, and then refine it further with ILP. Let's talk about our heuristic algorithm. In the initial phase, we schedule as many forward passes as possible within the memory limit to minimize the gap before the first backward pass. This might still result in a small gap before the first backward pass if we haven't reached the memory limit, where scheduling another forward pass could delay the following backward pass. 
we use a binary parameter to control whether to do this or not. After this phase, we stick to a pattern where one forward pass and one backward pass are scheduled alternately. We insert a wait update to fill the gap when there's a gap larger than the wait update time. If a gap occurs but is smaller than the wait update time, we still insert a wait update if the current gap makes the largest cumulative gap size among all stages become larger. We also insert a wait update to free up some memory when we hit the memory limit. Typically, our strategy enters a steady state that follows a one forward pass one backward pass one wait update pattern. Throughout this process, each pipeline stage is always guaranteed to schedule at least one more forward pass than the next stage at any time before all forward passes are used up. If this difference exceeds one, we use another binary parameter to decide whether to skip one forward pass in the current pipeline stage if it doesn't cause more gaps. We perform a grid search to find the best combination of parameters. In each stage, when we run out of forward and backward passes, we schedule all the remaining wait updates one by one. In most pipeline parallelism practices, synchronizations across pipeline stages are usually performed in the optimizer step for numerical stability. For example, a global gradient norm needs to be computed for gradient norm clipping. A global check for NAN and INF values are performed in mixed precision settings. Both of these require communication across all stages. However, synchronization at the optimizer step disrupts the parallelogram and makes a zero-gap schedule impossible. In this section, we propose an alternative method to bypass these synchronizations, while still maintaining synchronous optimization semantics. In existing implementations, a communication is first launched to collect the global states, followed by the optimizer steps which are conditioned on the global states. However, we notice that most of the time the global states have no effects. For example, the global check for NAN and INF rarely trigger because in a robust setting most iterations shouldn't have numerical issues. The gradient clipping rate is also quite low empirically to justify a synchronization of global gradient norm at every iteration. Based on these observations, we propose to replace the beforehand synchronizations with a post-update validation. The idea is illustrated in figure. At each stage before the optimizer step, a partially reduced global state is received from the previous stage, combined with the current stage's local state, and passed on to the next stage. The optimizer step of each stage is controlled by the partially reduced state. For example, skip the update when a NAN is spotted or the partially reduced gradient norm exceeds the clipping threshold. During the warm-up phase of the next iteration, the fully reduced global state is then propagated back from the last stage to first stage. Upon receiving the global state, each stage performs a validation to decide whether the previous optimizer step is legitimate. If an amendment to the gradient is required, a rollback will be issued and then we redo the optimizer step based on the fully reduced global state. Section Summary the authors propose algorithms to automatically search for optimal schedules in pipeline processing, addressing issues such as unwanted bubbles, communication time, and memory limitations. They present a heuristic strategy that generates near-optimal solutions and can be combined with an integer linear programming approach for further optimization. Additionally, they propose a mechanism to bypass synchronizations in optimizer steps, maintaining synchronous optimization semantics while avoiding the destruction of the parallelogram and enabling zero bubbles in the pipeline. Section. Experiments. In our experiments, 
We used the open-source Megatron LM project as our foundation and tested its performance using models similar to GPT-3. We first ran a certain number of iterations to gather empirical data for forward propagation time, T underscore F, backward propagation time, T underscore B, weight update time, T underscore W, and communication time, T underscore com. After obtaining these values, we used our automatic pipeline scheduling algorithm to determine the best schedule. It's important to note that both the initial and final stages of the pipeline have one less transformer layer than the middle stages. This is to balance out the extra computations in the initial and final stages, preventing them from becoming a bottleneck and causing delays in other stages. We compared several methods in our experiments. 1. ZB1P. This method uses an automatic schedule with the activation memory limited to P times the memory bandwidth, PM underscore B, which theoretically has the same peak memory as the 1F1B method. 2. ZB2P. This method also uses an automatic schedule but with the activation memory limited to twice the memory bandwidth, 2PM underscore B. This is the minimum memory required to achieve near zero delays. 3. 1F1B and 1F1BI, these are methods introduced by Megatron LM. For the interleaved 1F1B method, the entire model is divided into chunks, which are cycled through each stage, forming an interleaved pipeline. Our experiments were conducted using up to 32 NVIDIA A100 SXM80 GPUs distributed across four nodes interconnected by a ROS RDMA network. We recorded the running time of each iteration after several warm-up iterations. Thanks to the reproducibility provided by Megatron LM, we were able to verify the correctness of ZB1P and ZB2P without running models until convergence. Our results showed that ZB2P consistently outperformed all other methods across various settings. Interestingly, the throughput of 1F1B, 1F1BI, and ZB1P showed a strong positive correlation with the number of microbatches. In contrast, ZB2P maintained efficiency even with fewer microbatches. This is because the delay rate in ZB2P was almost zero, and its throughput was already close to the upper limit. However, the improved efficiency of ZB2P came at the cost of higher memory consumption compared to the 1F1B baseline. We also compared ZB2P with 1F1B under the same memory consumption, and the results showed that ZB2P achieved a higher throughput even with half the microbatch size compared to 1F1B. On the other hand, ZB1P was designed to have a peak memory cost similar to the 1F1B baseline. It showed a comparable throughput to 1F1BI in the 8 GPU setups. In multi-node setups where communication bandwidth is more of a bottleneck, ZB1P clearly outperformed 1F1BI, highlighting its advantage in reducing pipeline delays without incurring extra communication cost. We also studied the efficiency of the schedules generated from our automatic scheduling algorithm. To quantify the efficiency of a pipeline schedule, we introduced the concept of delay rate, which is calculated as the difference between the largest execution time of all stages and the optimal execution time when all communications are overlapped with computations, divided by the largest execution time. In most of the settings, ZB2P produced a delay rate of less than 1%, which is the best among all schedules. 
This provides strong evidence that our automatic scheduling algorithm adapts better to realistic scenarios by using more accurate estimates of forward propagation time, backward propagation time, weight update time, and communication time. Section Summary The experiments were conducted using the Megatron LM project and models similar to GPT-3. The optimal schedule was determined using an automatic pipeline scheduling algorithm based on empirical measurements. The results showed that ZB2P consistently outperformed other methods, maintaining efficiency even with fewer microbatches due to its low bubble rate. However, ZB2P had higher memory consumption compared to the 1F1B baseline. The efficiency of the automatic scheduling algorithm was also studied, with ZB2P producing the lowest bubble rate among all schedules. Section. Memory Limit. We're going to delve into the concept of memory limit and its impact on the bubble rate, which is a measure of idle time in a system. We've conducted a series of tests using our heuristic algorithm, adjusting the memory limit each time, and the results are displayed in a figure. Initially, we noticed that as we increased the memory limit, the bubble rate decreased almost linearly. In theory, we expected this trend to level off at a certain point, which we calculated using a specific formula. In practice, we found that a threshold of twice the number of pipeline stages times the memory of each microbatch was effective in reducing the bubble rate to nearly zero, given that the time for forward and backward passes are approximately equal and the communication time is relatively small. However, beyond a certain point, increasing the memory limit doesn't yield significant benefits and can even be counterproductive due to increased costs. More details on this can be found in the appendix. Now. Let's talk about a more memory-efficient approach to achieving a near-zero bubble rate. While our previous method, referred to as ZB2P, was effective, it doubled the memory usage compared to a simpler method known as 1F1B, which could limit its practical use. To address this, we've developed a new scheduling approach, ZBV, which minimizes idle time while maintaining the same memory constraints as 1F1B. This method involves dividing the entire model into exactly twice the number of pipeline stages chunks and assigning two chunks to each worker. Unlike previous methods, our approach starts and ends the forward and backward passes at the same worker, creating a distinctive V shape. This has two main advantages. It allows for faster memory clearance and reduces memory requirements, and it ensures balanced memory usage across all workers. Under certain conditions, ZBV can achieve zero bubble with the same peak memory usage as 1F1B, which is nearly half the memory requirement of ZBH2. The ZBV scheduling strategy unfolds in three phases. In the initial warm-up phase, each worker performs a certain number of forward passes. Then, all workers transition into a steady phase characterized by a repetitive pattern of forward, backward, and weight update computations. Finally, In the last phase, each worker focuses on handling the remaining backward and weight update computations. We use a similar heuristic algorithm as before to find the optimal schedule, taking into account factors such as the number of pipeline stages, the number of microbatches, the memory limit, and the running times of the forward, backward, weight update, and communication processes. As the memory distribution is balanced across all workers during the warm-up and steady phases, we can easily shift all weight updates to the right, within the memory constraint. 
This allows us to effectively use additional weight updates to fill the bubbles in the schedule's tail. More details on this can be found in the appendix. Section Summary The authors investigate the relationship between memory limit and bubble rate, finding that increasing the memory limit initially leads to a close-to-linear decrease in the bubble rate. However, beyond a certain point, the cost of a larger memory limit outweighs the benefits. To address the increased memory consumption of the ZB2P approach, the authors propose ZBV, which achieves minimal idle time within the same memory constraints as 1F1B by sequentially allocating model chunks to workers in a V shape. This approach ensures that both the forward and backward passes for each microbatch originate from the same worker, reducing memory requirements and achieving zero bubble rate. Section Evaluation In our evaluation, we compared the performance of four different methods, 1F1B, ZB1P, ZB2P, and ZBV. To ensure a fair comparison, we adjusted the ZB2P configuration to keep the global batch size consistent across all methods. Our results showed that ZBV consistently performed better than 1F1B and ZB1P in various settings, and was on par with ZB2P. We further investigated the performance difference between ZB2P and ZBV by studying how the throughput changes with an increase in the microbatch size. We found that larger batch sizes generally improved GPU utilization and overall efficiency. For instance, we observed an 8% improvement for the 14.6B and 28.3B models when we increased the microbatch size from 1 to 2. However, for the 6.2B model, the improvement was less than 3% as the microbatch size was already large enough. This is why ZB2P performed better than ZBV in this case. In conclusion, there's a balance to be struck between having a larger microbatch size and a lower bubble rate. If the benefits of a lower bubble rate outweigh those of a larger microbatch size, it might be a good strategy to opt for a smaller microbatch size. Next, we calculated the bubble rate for 1F1B, 1F1BI, ZBH1, ZBH2, and ZBV. Our results showed that ZBV had a significantly lower bubble rate than 1F1B, 1F1BI, and ZBH1. It was comparable to ZBH2, but used only half the memory. In this comparison, 1F1B, ZBH1, and ZBV had similar memory usage, while 1F1BI and ZBH2 used more memory. We also studied the relationship between the bubble rate and the memory limit. We found that the bubble rate decreased almost linearly as the memory limit increased, until it reached a plateau close to zero beyond a certain threshold. Interestingly, when the memory limit was less than twice the product of the number of processors and the batch size, ZBV had a significant advantage over the heuristic algorithm that didn't use ZBV.